but we were able to scale that offer up to around 750 new customers every single day. I saw how much that impacted the entire business. We were able to scale that business from a million dollars to $23 million in just under three years. And that, that was when I became like a true believer in making an offer work on cold traffic. It literally changes everything. I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Justin. It's awesome to have you joining me here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure and I'm really looking forward to diving deep down the rabbit hole with you because you are the king of converting offers on cold traffic. That, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, um, a long time ago when I started in this business, kind of realized I had a moment actually in about 2014 where I, my first offer that really crushed it on cold traffic, we, we were kind of doing all right. Like we had about 20,000 customers. And the next year we got an offer really dialed in and by cold traffic for people who don't realize that means like marketing to people on Facebook or through email that have no idea who you are. So this is not like coming from warm affiliate list, but we were able to scale that offer up to around 750 new customers every single day. I saw how much that impacted the entire business. We were able to scale that business from a million dollars to $23 million in just under three years. And that, that was when I became like a true believer in making an offer work on cold traffic. It literally changes everything. Yeah, I, I mean, 750 new leads for anyone a day is massively life-changing. But to do it on cold traffic is incredible. When you did that, how did that impact your business? Like, I mean, I think if I had 750 leads coming in tomorrow, there'd be lots that would break, like big time break. So, you know, how, what sort of impact did that have on your business at the time? I mean, so you bring up a really good point because that is something that actually does happen where if you're bringing in so many customers and you're not ready to scale like that, you run into issues where your merchant account can't handle it, your customer service can't handle it. Yeah, we actually ran into all those issues. <laughs> And we were pretty well prepared because my partner had already done similar things with his other business. So we kind of knew what was going on. We still couldn't handle it. But yeah, I mean, the cool thing about when you get an offer to work on the front end or a cold traffic offer is which, what I call it. Everything on the back end just amplifies by like 10x. It really makes everything, all your back end email promotions. If you do high ticket stuff on the back end, if you do whatever you do on the back end, just becomes so much easier because you're bringing in new hot buyers, new hot leads. And the reality is those are the people who end up buying everything. Awesome. Now, I know that you had a supplement company that went from zero to 23 million in just under three years. I'd love you to take us through the journey of that whole thing because that's incredible. I just think that's incredible. I'd love you to help us understand how you started that business and how you got it to that point. Sure. So... 
I had started in health and fitness stuff probably back in 2009 or so. I was like building a blog and trying to generate leads that way. That took a long, long time. Uh, it never really got anywhere. I had an offer in like 2010 that I put on ClickBank. It was kind of a paleo CrossFit style workout program. And this was kind of before like paleo and CrossFit really like popped and became mainstream. Yeah. So that offer did really well. And that, that's kind of how I got started in the information marketing business. But then 2014-ish, I decided I wanted to start selling supplements. And I saw, I saw this big opportunity in the testosterone market. I was promoting some offers as an affiliate. And basically, they were working really well. And I was like, I could actually create a better offer than this. Why don't I just make my own? So I partnered with a guy. And we grew that first year from scratch to a million dollars in sales, which was great. And then we both had the realization that neither of us knew how to scale a company whatsoever. We we're both really good. At, we we're both really good at making scale, making sales, but we had no idea how to build out infrastructure and build out operations and build a team and all that kind of stuff. So a friend of mine who ran another successful business actually came in, bought my partner out, and he had a lot of experience with actually scaling and the infrastructure part. So we teamed up and it was actually a really good match because everything I sucked at, he was great at and vice versa. So we were a good match, but yeah, we, we scaled that, like I said, from the first year from a million dollars, the second year we got to about seven, and then the third year we scaled to 23. And so that that was mostly though on the back of our main offer, which was a greens powder. And we got really, like I said, we got really good at converting that offer on cold traffic because we had a really unique hook for it. And we were just better at media buying and copywriting and marketing than everybody else. You've mentioned something that's super important there and and it's a quote that I say all the time is that you can't, you know, if you can climb a mountain on your own, it's not a very big mountain because there's always something that's not in our zone of genius. So at the time that you brought this person in when you realised, you know, scaling wasn't your thing, were you specifically going out and looking for that person? How did that all come about? Because this is a problem that so many people have. No, for me, it was actually more just really, really good timing. <laughs> he was planning to get into the health business. We had known each other for a few years. He reached out and after a couple of conversations, we kind of worked out a deal and that's how it happened. But um, yeah, that, that was my first kind of realization that you really have to know your weaknesses. Like I, I have a very good idea now that I'm really good at marketing. I'm really good at copywriting. I'm really good at making sales. I'm absolutely terrible at managing people. I have no interest in managing people. Any type of operations or logistics type stuff is completely foreign to my brain. It does not work like that. So I, I kind of know what lane I need to stay in to thrive. And then the other stuff, I either partner with someone who that's kind of their zone of genius. Yeah, nice. I love it. So obviously the king of cold traffic, let's go through some of the things that we need to, as coaches and consultants, really pay attention to, to be able to bring that cold traffic in. Have you got some sort of methodology or system that, you know, you start, I mean, you talked about the hook. How do we even find that hook in the first place? So, I mean, the first thing before you even can start with the ad and the copy and your funnel and all that is really figuring out what your actual offer is. So what's the offer that you're going to use to bring people in? And this is where a lot of people do not put put enough thought. So I'll give you a good example. So I actually used to work with a dentist back in the day and I did a bunch of lead generation for him. And he had a kind of a pretty basic offer that was like a free consultation. You come in and whatever he does, checks out your teeth and does does the whole thing. And I'm like, free consultation is not very attractive or appealing. I'm like, it's a very... Mm. Especially to someone that hates a dentist, right? Yeah. It's the most unappealing thing ever. 
Yeah, it's very ho-hum, very boring. But it, I mean, it was still working at the time to bring in new patients. And I basically said, I was like, okay, let's change this a little bit to make it something more appealing. And I was talking to one of the dental hygienists at the office and I was like, what does, what does everybody come in for? And she starts talking and she's like, oh, she's like, well, it's mostly women. She's like, I mean, our main customer, our main patients are like women over the age of 35. She's like, they book all the stuff for the whole family. I was like, okay. I'm like, what's the big thing they really want? And she's like, well, they all want like whiter smiles. She's like, that, that's probably the biggest thing I hear them talking about. And I was like, okay. So I started talking to the dentist and I was like, is there any type of whitening thing we could do to give away as like a free offer to get them in? He's like, oh yeah. He's like, we have these like Zoom whitening kits that he's like, they're like 200 bucks retail, but he's like, they only cost us like, I think it was like 10 bucks or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, why don't we give away a free teeth whitening for them to come in and get free professional teeth whitening? And then you'll do a full like cleaning on them and you'll have a new patient. He's like, okay. And he actually was quite skeptical of it because he's like, well, they're just going to come in and get the whitening and then they're not going to stay, which actually did not happen at all. Um, And we made the offer only for new patients. And we literally got like three times the response of the old offer, which was basically just the consultation. So that's the first thing that consultants, coaches, experts, whatever it is, you need to have the offer correct and know exactly what they want to get them into kind of into your funnel, into your world. Something that's really exciting for them because the market's so noisy and just some other lead magnet that's got something, you know, that you've already seen 27 times and doesn't even work. It's not, it's not worth opting in for anymore. Yeah. And I mean, the best way to really know this is, I mean, I work with so many people who they create their products based on what they want and not what the actual customer or client wants. Mm. They're like, Oh, I want, I want to do this. And I'm like, well, okay. If you're a, let's say you're a coach and you coach uh, copywriters. If you work with copywriters all the time, you know that their number one pain point is I need to get more clients or I can't figure out how to get clients. So your opt-in or your lead magnet or your intro product should be something about getting clients Mm -hmm. Um, instead of, let's say another way to do it would be like how to write better copy. That's nowhere near as appealing as how to get more clients. So that's really what they want is getting more clients. Yeah, totally. So once you've got your offer right and really thinking through the eyes of your ideal client, not sort of looking at them, where do we go from there? Yeah. So, I mean, let's say you're a a consultant, expert, something like that. The main way most people in that kind of industry do it is you'll have some type of, like we said, a lead magnet where it's like a free book um, with kind of like a free plus shipping offer where they pay, I don't know, six bucks for it or something. You kind of get them into your funnel. That tends to be the way most people do it and who can really kind of scale that. And then you have usually, if you're doing the model with higher price coaching services and consulting and stuff like that on the back end, that's usually the way you want to do that, where you're just making them pony up some amount of money to get them into your world. And then really what you're trying to do on the back end is get them into your high ticket coaching stuff. And you do that through usually following up with daily emails, or you're getting them connected to you on Facebook or Instagram and reaching out to them there, whatever your methodology is, or even like direct mail, whatever your methodology is, Technology is, it really doesn't matter. It's just once you get that customer into your world and you want to obviously attract the ideal customer. So what you write the book about is very, very important to attract not the most customers, but the ideal customer who scales up into the coaching programs. 
You mentioned then daily emails. I'd love to, I'd actually like to dive a little deeper into that piece because this is such a hot topic, I guess, for people saying, you know, should we email daily? Should we email once a week, once a month? What does that look like? And there's, you know, there's people that say, well, I, I don't, I, I actually think that people are more scared to do daily emails than the people on the other end that are bothered about getting daily emails. I'd love your take on that. I used to be in the camp too, where when I first started doing this, I would mail like twice a week. Then I moved it three times. Then my one buddy was like, yeah, I'm mailing every day. And I was just like stunned. I'm like that. No way. There's no way that works. And he shows me all the numbers and I'm like, wow, that's working really, really well. So yeah, I'm a huge proponent of mailing every single day. And the reality is if you mail in the right way, people actually do look forward to your emails. I kind of look at it as So like I'm a huge Howard Stern fan and anytime I'm in my car, I listen to Howard Stern. Howard Stern's on every single day for four hours. Nobody calls up Sirius Radio and says, Howard Stern's (laughs) on the radio way too much. Like, (laughs) because you you like him or actually even you might hate him and you still listen to him, but people tune in every single day. And the reality is if you make your emails entertaining and interesting enough, people actually look forward to them every single day. So like my personal email list, I, I write an email every single day for it. That's so cool. And and I love that you mentioned that, you know, people will love it if it's interesting because I've certainly got people that land in my email box every, in every single day and I actually really hang out to read their emails because they're interesting. And, you know, and there's some other people that I might hear from once a fortnight and it's just like, uh, unsubscribe. And I think that's really important because, you know, we can get caught up. And when I say we, it's, you know, as business owners and entrepreneurs, we can get caught up thinking that other people are judging us for doing that kind of thing. But in actual fact, like everyone's so busy, they couldn't care less or not. They'll either read them or they won't, right? And I had an interesting experience just recently where someone emailed, because I do email most days, and she sent me a message and said, oh, look, I love your emails, but I'm, I'm opting out because you email me too much. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting that you may able to tell me that. And you know, I did have that moment of maybe I shouldn't do it. But then <laughs> the next week I had three people email me and say, oh my goodness, that was like, we just loved that sequence of emails that you sent out over the last 10 days. And we were actually hanging out to read them every day. And I just thought that that was really interesting because we can let that one naysayer get in our way and affect how we run our business. Yeah. I mean, the reality is you could email once a week and there's still going to be people who bitch at you about <laughs> you emailing them. So <laughs> I, I've always been of the philosophy that I'm going to run the business that I know the best way for me and that uh-huh. works the best for me. And if you want to be a part of that business, then you can be on my email list. I, I look at it a completely different way. So like, if you want to leave, feel free to leave. There's more people right around the corner who are a better fit for me. Totally. Now I had a look on your on your website and ah, I just think this is so cool and I have never seen this and I'm sure you know what I'm about to ask. But you know, there's so many people that will do anything to get people in their email list. They will do absolutely anything. They think it's all about the numbers. They don't care what the quality's like. And on your website, you've got an application to be on your email list, which I think would scare the pants off just about anyone to do that. This is such a cool idea. I'd love you to take us through the process of what even, how did you even have this thought in the first place and what made you act on it? So when I actually started writing it, the reality was I had no intention of making money with it. I had no intention of doing anything. It was, I had always, I had just exited my company. I sold my company. And I wanted to start writing about marketing. I always, I'm a huge marketing nerd. So I wanted to just like write about it. 
So I literally emailed all my friends. There was probably about 150 to start who were very like high level entrepreneurs, very successful. And I was like, hey, I'm going to write this daily email about marketing stuff, share my thoughts. If you want to be on the list, let me know and I'll add you. And 99% of them said yes. So it just started like that. It was like literally 150 people. And I was like writing this daily email, got all kinds of good feedback. After a while, the emails I wrote started getting passed around to other people. They'd send them to like copywriters on their team. They'd send them to marketers on their team. And the, the people would respond. They'd be like, oh, how do I get on this list? And I had no option at that point because like I said, I was just writing it for the hell of it. And then I said, all right, well, instead of just letting any old Yahoo opt into my email list, I want to keep this somewhat exclusive. So I want to have like an application. So you either have to apply to be on it or you have to be invited by me personally. And the reality is kind of what we said before, where I talked about you want to get the right customer to buy your book and to get in your funnel. Mm -hmm. I do the exact same thing with my email. Like my email list is only 910 people. That is super small compared to many of the people in the marketing world. But it is 910 super highly targeted business owners, successful copywriters, consultants, stuff like that. It's it's the exact people I want to talk to. And with that, I can sell high ticket coaching stuff that I do. Like I have multiple coaching programs. I have masterminds. I have live events. And I mean, probably honestly, dollar per subscriber, I probably make more per subscriber than damn near anyone I know. But also one other reason I actually did it was I I write in a very like personal one-on-one and I actually talk about totally off the wall stuff too. So like I'll talk about stuff going on with my dog and my health and uh, it's a very personal, it's almost like a podcast style where I, I talk about my life and Uh, And I'm very open about like shit I'm struggling with, or I'm trying to create this and it's not working. And here's, I'm all frustrated about it. And uh, I actually respond to people when they, when they email me back. So that's one of the reasons too, that I keep it small. Cause if it was 50,000 people, I probably wouldn't be able to respond to them. But at some point I might get to that size and I won't be able to, but for now I, uh, (laughs) I enjoy having that, but yeah, the application, all that kind of came about just uh, happenstance because it started getting passed around. I think that is so cool. And yeah, like I said, I think it would scare the pants off most most people. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is genius. (laughs) That is absolute genius. (laughs) Do you recommend other people to do some sort of application process like that? Or would that just be for someone that's starting out just so not where they need to be? Like, how do we, how do we vet the people coming into our email list? And for, for most people that are starting a business, should they even be doing that? Because, you know, even a lot of people are scared to even put, you know, name, email address, phone number, for example, they'll take the phone number off to make, you know, have more people opt in. Love your your thoughts on this. I would say it definitely depends on what you mean by starting out. So like, let's say if you're, you're, you're kind of an expert and you've been doing this for 20 years, but you haven't really kind of done anything online, you probably have the cachet to maybe do something similar. I mean, you don't have to, but I would say more than actually the application type stuff that I do. The bigger thing that most people that are experts that are consultants, whatever they are, don't really get that I do and a lot of people who are really good at email do is we actually, like I said, we talk to people one-on-one and make it fun and entertaining because let's say you're a personal trainer and you understand everything in the world there is about female fat loss. Nobody wants to read about the scientific mumbo jumbo mm-hmm. that goes on with the deep fat in your belly and like nobody cares about that yeah yeah even, even exercise nerds don't care about that what they want to hear are like really interesting stories of how you tr- were training this woman and how she went from 
being depressed and 40 pounds overweight and not thinking she was going to fit in her wedding dress on her wedding day and how you got her into shape and she had the most beautiful smile and looked amazing on her wedding day and how that lit you up and lit her up. Like that's what people want to hear. They want to hear amazing stories like that. The best marketers and the best experts, actually the best experts are really the best marketers. If you look at anybody who's at the top of the field of like any kind of niche. So you can look at Dr. Oz, Rachel Ray, Jillian Michaels, Dave Ramsey, all the people who are kind of the top of their world, they might not be, they actually probably, the majority of other experts in their fields, a lot of them hate them. And a lot of them, <laughs> they, they really do. Cause they're like, yeah. they're like, I'm better than him. I'm better than her. I have more degrees uh-huh. than her. I'm a better cook. I'm a better trainer. But the reality is they're a better marketer. And at the end of the day, that's really what matters. That's how, that's how you get to the top is being the better marketer. Totally. This is my third conversation today. And this is the third time this exact same topic has come up (laughs) because, you know, in my world, that's a huge thing. I'm dealing with people or work with people that have been doing their expertise or in their industry for 20, 30, sometimes 40 years. And they are super good at what they do, but they're being pipped at the post by people that don't have the experience, but know how to get their name out there. So I'm super passionate about helping experts to understand that it is about the market marketing and that we need to embrace it to get our name out there so that people do get the really good quality stuff out there into the world and into the hands of the people that need it. Yeah, I agree. It's hard because I've had the same thing. Like I said, I used to run a supplement company. We did a bunch of deals with doctors and the doctor kind of comes to the table thinking, I know everything. I should get 90% of the revenue. And I'm like, no, it's complete opposite. You're getting like 10%. We're doing all the work to get all the customers. Like you're like the face of the thing. But that's where like the expert needs to understand. So like you can do it on your own if you're the expert and learn how to do it. You could partner with someone who's a really good marketer and kind of they stay behind the scenes and kind of turn you into the celebrity. There's different ways to do it. But the reality is like, like we said, the marketing is what drives everything. Totally. Now, I did mention to you before we started recording that I'm really good at getting off topic. So about 10 minutes ago, I'm going to bring us back there. (laughs) And I apologize for that, but you're super interesting to talk to. Now we were talking about, you know, turning those offers into cold traffic. You talked about the offer, you talked about offering the right lead magnet. That's not all there is, right? How do we how do we actually get these people to come into our world and interact with them? Because they're not going to purchase or actually, I don't know, does your cold traffic purchase on their first time that they've been with you? Um, some of them will. I mean, I, I would say the biggest thing for people starting out, if you don't have experience uh, making offers that work and convert on cold traffic, the biggest thing is literally just to stick with one traffic source until you make it work. So mm-hmm. start with Facebook or start with Google Display Network. Facebook is probably the, the easiest to get started with, especially in the expert coaching consulting kind of business. Figure out kind of the offer you want to make, what what's actually really appealing to the people that would buy from you and stick with Facebook. So buy ads from Facebook. And I mean, you could start as low as like five or $10 a day to get mm-hmm. started to see, if, to see if there's any traction or you could actually just hire someone to do it. Either way, it really depends on who you, what you're more comfortable with as a person. Like some people literally just want to be the face of it. And they're like, I'd rather let someone else do all this. Or some people are much more like gung ho and they're like, I'm doing everything. I'm getting this going. Depends on who you are. But the biggest mistake I see a lot of people make is literally trying to do 
they're trying to do SEO, they're trying to do pay-per-click, they're trying to do Facebook. And it's like, that's how you get on the hamster wheel. And 24 months later, you haven't done a damn thing. Totally. It's just doing a little tiny bit in lots of different things, not being consistent, not really learning any platform properly and not getting consistent results. Engagement. What can you tell us about once we've got these people on our list? You know, you talked about your list being very personal and about, you know, what I'm hearing most is it's about telling stories. It's about building a brand of getting people to know who we are as a person and interacting and and really feeling like they know us. How deep down that rabbit hole do we go? I can tell you one thing, the stories I tell in my emails that I'm scared to tell get the best response out of anything I write about. Uh, I'll give you an example. So when I was growing up, my mom was like a massive perfectionist, super hard on me to the point where I grew up basically thinking nothing I ever did was good enough. No matter what I did, it was never good enough. So I was like, I turned into the ultimate perfectionist where I thought I wasn't allowed to make a mistake. I thought I couldn't do anything wrong to the point where when I kind of started to work on my business, when I was like, I was like 24 or so, we got in a huge fight. I was about 23. I was in college still. We got in a huge fight over the phone. She was screaming at me. I was yelling at her. She basically, she was really upset that I was not getting a real job and that I was trying to be an entrepreneur. And she basically like lashed out at me and told me I was scamming people online for money. Oh. Yeah. And I remember the whole thing. I remember sitting, I remember exactly what the living room looked like, how dark it was, the ugly chair I was sitting in. And I remember how I felt my threw my phone against the wall. And I wrote about that story in an email. And like I said, my email list is like, I don't know, 900 some people. When I wrote that, I literally got like over a hundred replies of people sharing. Not like an exact story like that, but like, hey, I'm 46 years old and my dad, and I've made $3 million and my dad still doesn't believe I'm ever going to make it as an entrepreneur. Or my dad still tells me like, go get a real job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Those, Those types of deep, uh, struggle. Str- I, I found more than anything, a struggle story connects with people more than anything, um, yep. especially when they see you out on a pedestal and you start talking about stuff you're going through that they're probably going through as well. People relate to that very easily. And and that word right at the end there is exactly what it is, right? It's, it makes us relatable. And I heard through a friend that someone said, I can't believe Sam tells like the real story of, of what's going on. It's, it's just the way I've always done things. And it was funny because I felt like, oh, my goodness, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing by t- like speaking honestly about this. So you know what I did? I took that to the next level and actually posted that story out to my audience and just went, you know, I'm having this moment where maybe I shouldn't post the real stories. My inbox was absolutely flooded with people saying, oh my God, that's why we follow you. We know that you're a real person, that you're going through the same things that we are and that's what we aspire to be. So I'm not a big purporter for telling every single dark and and every single personal thing that happens in your life, but things that make you relatable are what make people stay with you and follow you. Yeah, I guess it gives them hope, doesn't it? It does. And I mean, everybody, like even successful people all relate to stuff. So I'll give you another example. One of the stories I told is from back in 2010, I was living with my ex-girlfriend at the time. This is like when I was still like really trying to get my business going. It had actually already been doing well for a couple of years, but then I hit a rough patch for about two years where I was really kind of struggling. And 
we were at a point where I was literally on the tightest budget ever because I was not bringing in very much money. I did not have much money left in my bank. I was basically just blowing through savings. And I was so strict about the budget. I'm sitting in the living room one day and she came like bouncing in. She was like, wanted to go to Chipotle. And I literally was like, I can't afford Chipotle right now. I cannot afford to take the two of us to Chipotle because that's going to be like $20. And I literally do not have $20 in the budget. And I was so ashamed and embarrassed that I couldn't even like, I couldn't tell that to her. So I made up some like bullshit story about I had already ate and all this stuff and she got all mad, all this stuff. But I told that story to my email list and like exact same thing. So many people related to, yeah, I remember when I was like driving this car and my buddies had this car and I, I felt so ashamed because a year before that I was making really good money. And like people just relate to those types of stories super, mm. super well. Yeah, totally. Because it makes them think, oh, thank goodness it's not just me, right? Because we <laughs> all, every single one of us have got those stories. I mean, I don't have a story of taking a company to $23 million yet, maybe one day. <laughs> but we've all got stories of really good times and really and really bad times. And that's just the life of an entrepreneur. Well, I mean, nobody, also nobody really relates to the great stories. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not a, like, I, I kind of go back to, if you think from like comic books, so like Spider-Man's probably the most relatable comic character ever. He's uh, my favorite. <laughs> because Peter Parker is the nerdy boy who's like skinny and he's bad with women and he's kind of a dork and he gets picked on. So every kid like growing up who read comics related to Peter Parker, like, there's a reason you relate to him. And then someone like Superman, which is a lot harder to relate to because he's kind of like this perfect guy. So, yeah, I mean, the flaws and like our rough edges are really what people relate to more than anything. Yeah, I love that. It's like our, um, you know, it's that thing that draws people to us. I can't even think of a word. You know, it's that magnetizing thing that have people drawn to us and who will either decide to be part of our world or go, actually, you know what? I don't really relate to that person. I don't like their stories. I don't like their values. I'm just going to go hang out somewhere else. And that's really cool because that's polarizing and and that's what we want rather than having a whole heap of people in our world that, that don't dig what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, different people are attracted to different things. So like I, I'm, I'm a huge foodie. So I love watching like cooking shows. And if you look at like the cooking arena, so let's say you have like Rachel Ray, you have Bobby Flay, you have Emerald Lagasse, there's a guy who does a show on YouTube on Vice called Maddie Matheson. All these guys and women are very, very different in who they attract. Like somebody who watched Matt, Maddie Matheson's like this punk with tattoos and ear piercings everywhere. And somebody who watches him on YouTube and he gets millions and millions of views on all this stuff is very different than someone who's going to watch Rachel Ray. But inherently, they're still doing the same thing. They're cooking burgers and they're making dinners and they're doing the exact same thing. It's really, you're attracted to the person or the personality and that's the person you end up fo uh, following. The same thing happens in every like consulting or expert or coaching business. Like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman teach very, very similar stuff. Like there's slight differences with what they teach, but there's a reason certain people watch Susie Orman and certain people watch Dave Ramsey. Totally. So we've talked about a whole heap of things. To, to wrap up, I guess the big piece of what people need to understand to have people coming into their world and buying from them, because that's essentially, you know, the, the outcome that we're all after. What is the main piece that you want people to walk away from this interview, you know, remembering or implementing? So the biggest thing, so I actually coach a bunch of copywriters and I coach a bunch of marketers. And the number one thing we hammer home every single week when we coach 
is that people do not truly understand what their customer or their client wants. They think they know what they want because they, I've been in this business for three years or I've been in this business for 10 years and I, I, I know what they want. But a lot of people don't actually interact with their customers, don't talk to them. They don't, they don't do a lot of things. So like I work with all my clients very much like every single day, every week. I, I like, I, I can give you an example. So right now I know the biggest thing that all of them want is how to write compliant Facebook copy that actually converts so that they can scale offers and products on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, so I know that just from working with them and from talking with them every single day. So if you're an expert or you're a consultant, you need to know the exact same thing about the people that you work with or the people that you're trying to sell to because it's so easy to try to sell them what you want instead of actually listening to what they're constantly talking about and what they're frustrated about and what they have fears about. That's the stuff you want to capitalize on and that's what you want to offer them. Totally. Something that I hear all the time, people reaching out going, Sam, I need, I need to do lead generation. I need to do Google ads, Facebook ads. I need more leads. Can you help me? And what comes out, I would say 99.8% of the time in the conversation is that that is the last thing they need because they're going to get no ROI whatsoever. We need to go back and go, what is, what is that ideal client? What is, the, what is it that they want? And what is this offer in a way that people actually understand what you're talking about? Let's get that right before we put some money into some ads. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the reality. Most people, they put out an offer and it just usually doesn't hit because like we said, they, they either put it out because it's what they want to preach to the world and what they, the message they want to get out. And they don't think about it from the actual customer perspective. So for people that are listening to this interview and they want to hear or read or interact with some more of your awesome, awesome stuff, how can they do that, Justin? Yeah. So we talked about my email list. It is by application only, but if you want to apply for it, if you go to justin123.com, you'll see the ugly Google form there. And (laughs) (laughs) you can fill that out. And then uh, I actually go over everyone that comes in. And uh, if you're approved to start getting the emails within like, eh, usually within a day or two, but yeah, I I just set up like a special domain for that. It's just justin123.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us here. I'm very honored to have been able to get a little tiny bit into your head. It's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, I, I know that our listeners will have got so much from this episode. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Business Lab.